0: This is a very special flipped episode of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I am taking over the host seat and having Deepa as the guest instead. Deepa is a yoga therapist for over two decades and a functional nutritionist for five. She brings together her experience in therapeutic and transformational yoga and deep learning in nutrition based on the principles of functional medicine to her practice Phyto Thrive. For more on Deepa, you can check out phytothrive.com or email her at deepa at phytothrive.com. The focus has been on merging together the deep science of the functional world with the deep symbolism of ancient wisdom. She has a masterful understanding of the human anatomy with cohesive understanding of physiology to offer what can be classified as true bio-individual mind, body, and spirit nutrition. Having a son with a rare adrenal condition gave her a deep insight into the working of the adrenals and the stress response as it relates to all health and sleep. Her articles have now been shared by Dr. Mark Hyman twice. She also gave the opening speech on health hacks at Amazon Web Services and Your Story Health Tech to the heads of healthcare startups in India. Her niche is in sleep and she has a podcast called The Sleep Whisperer Podcast, which is this one. Deepa has 20 years of experience in wellness and has focused on yoga therapy, helping those with chronic conditions like displaced disc when they were told that there was no way out except surgery. She has five years of experience in functional nutrition where she's done deep focus on sleep nutrition, women's health, detoxification, skin health and adrenal function. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. I am your special episode host, Dr. Vaish Sarathi. Join me as I introduce this very special episode to you and learn all about the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. So Deepa, I am really excited to have our discussion today and I know that we were going to talk about how foods impact sleep and what you call the sleep plate and I was very intrigued by that term and I was hoping to bring in some um, perspectives from my end and some questions actually from my end on how this impacts both children and adults who may be picky or restrictive eaters. But let's talk about what a sleep plate even is. Can you give us a generic idea of what this looks like? What's, What's a sleep plate?
1: Thanks Vaish and uh, the sleep plate actually begins with breakfast so people usually think that sleep plate is something that you eat for dinner but the sleep plate truly begins at breakfast because what you eat for breakfast decides so many things right through the day which then culminates in the quality of your sleep so If you begin your day with optimal fat, fiber, protein and color, which is my mantra, and keep the sugars and the starches very low at breakfast, but slowly add complex carbohydrates and make sure that you have some complex carbohydrate at dinner. That's a great way to set adrenal rhythm for better sleep because you'll uh, have this high protein at breakfast which spikes morning cortisol and then you have some mm-hmm. complex carbohydrates when you finish at dinner so that you get that dip in the nighttime cortisol which then allows you to actually fall
0: asleep. Uh, That's great because you know we are mostly often doing the exact opposite of that correct? Yes yes. And uh, I think one of the biggest
1: reasons for poor sleep, and I see it so often that uh, when you look at somebody's journal, you can tell right away whether they're going to be having great sleep or poor sleep by just seeing how breakfast is. And uh, and as you know, by in India, mm-hmm. uh, most breakfasts are mono diets of high starch and sugar. And um, while a lot of people in the healthcare space in India feel that, uh, let's say, adding a chutney and a sambar to a dosa is enough to cut the glycemic response of such a sugary meal, I actually beg to differ, especially in the context of sleep challenges, because I don't think people who have very sensitive Uh sleep cycles can actually even tolerate simple sugars in the morning meal, even when it's combined with fats like coconut and lighter proteins like lentils. So I think that people with severe sleep challenges need to begin with high fiber.
0: Okay. So high fiber, low sugar diet. So this is, we're talking about a morning diet that's high in fiber, reasonably at least moderate in protein and significantly low in simple carbs. So can you, um, or perhaps even complex carbs, depending on how much you can tolerate, right? So I mean, and and clearly that's something that people would have to play around with. And can you give an example um, um, from... Let's say from an Indian context of what you might have for breakfast. Because no matter what you have, I can see that I'm, I'm, it's a pretty reasonably high carb diet. Even though I, I sometimes wonder if fermented grains are low in carb, and we'll never know the answer to that exactly. But unless we actually test out some of these grains in a food lab, but what would be your ideal breakfast?
1: Um, one,
0: one example. Well, I
1: think if you uh, if you were to ask me specifically from an Indian context, then. I would say that you'd have to try and do the same breakfast. As you know, I think I've spoken elsewhere before that you have to look at what you love to eat and just try to see how can you Mm. make that better because each of us is going to like something else. So let's say you like to eat... uh, a parata, then you could do it with a gluten free grain like joar, buckwheat, amaranth, quinoa, ragi. So those are mm-hmm. more complex carbohydrates. And then when you combine it with a fibrous protein, even if it were plant based, something like a green peas versus a potato filling. Uh, that's a great option. Or if you were to enjoy, I know a lot of people cannot be without that simple sugar of the fermented dosa or idli in the morning, then in which case making sure that the chutney or the condiment is much heavier in protein and fat. For example, uh, peanut if somebody could tolerate it so anything that is really complex but personally I feel that when working with people who struggle with sleep challenges the uh, typical Indian breakfast is very very difficult so if they were mm. to replace the sugars at breakfast with fiber from resistant starch or fiber itself so for example, uh, You could make a raw banana curry. So just chop up a Mm. green plantain and toss it in some coconut oil and then add some chaat or some uh, even sambar powder to it and then replace that as your carbohydrate and combine it with a protein so if it were animal based then something like a fish curry or if it were plant based if somebody could tolerate lentils then a black chickpea curry what is called Kadele curry in india something like that is a good option but the idea is to also see that you have fiber from two or even three different non-starchy colored vegetables so just looking at whether you can get two or three different colored vegetables so making sure that it's Mm non-starchy so maybe moving around colors so if you're looking at red something like just adding a bit of raw radish will just boost fiber in the morning meal or uh, having any leafy green. And Vaish, you know, lately I've started using very local Indian leafy greens, but uh, making them Hmm. in ways where um, it's a little more continental. So, for example, a methi leaf, white bean, and two, three vegetables as a salad So it's already got resistant starch in the form of beans. But then if somebody were an omnivore and added a little bit of fish to that or finished it with um, some sort of a protein shake or a protein, and I don't mean the protein shakes that are available, but actually making them with uh, flax milk, oat milk, almond milk, some... Uh, leafy greens a little bit of uh, low sugar fruit if you do uh, if you can't be without that touch of sweetness in the morning but uh, if somebody can tolerate cacao then that's a great option for a morning shake because it's high in antioxidants but most people today are coming out as histamine intolerant so then they can't really Um, handle cacao but making sure there's a raw vegetable which is non-starchy is a great way for breakfast
0: yes and that's a pretty big challenge for breakfast because most of us don't get veggies in our breakfast right Yes. um, And that's the
1: biggest reframe that everybody has to do, because I see it again, even after working with somebody for a couple of months and looking at their logs and they are so thrilled about what they've done the whole day. But the breakfast is just sugar, sugar, sugar. But the thing is that no matter how well you eat through the day, It Mm -hmm. really does matter what you begin with because otherwise you're going to just fluctuate blood sugar and which means your cortisol is going to behave differently. Nighttime cortisol may actually spike rather than dip and then it's going to impact sleep.
0: I think this is a very important point that you're bringing in that your breakfast is like a is like a is is, is, you know, the central point of your entire day, because if you just decide that, oh, I'm going to eat a really nutritious meal for dinner, but, you know, I'm just going to eat uh, at the worst, like a bowl of cold cereal for breakfast, it doesn't really work that way. It's very difficult to make good decisions once your breakfast is messed up. So, um, so that's fantastic. And so that the primary focus of blood sugar and uh, of breakfast and what you were talking about, increasing cortisol by Using, you know, low levels of carbs and high amounts of protein and fiber and also to balance blood sugar, right?
1: Yes. Uh, But the other thing, Vaish, that I've also noticed that a lot of people in the morning meal actually struggle with very heavy breakfast, meaning if it's difficult on the digestive process, Mm -hmm. which is why... Uh, Some people actually feel better with something like a smoothie to begin the day and then slowly ease into the more heavier meals for lunch. Uh, So I think it's important to also look Mm -hmm. at digestibility of whatever they're eating. So a lot of people who struggle with digestive issues of every kind, low stomach acid, I mean, seeing it as heartburn, gas, bloating, constipation. Uh, so that definitely matters as well. But then right. if you do go to the night meal, that's where, yes, there is a concept of a sleep plate and we can talk about that.
0: Perfect. So as we keep going through the day from breakfast to lunch to dinner, you mentioned about, you know, slowly bringing in more complex carbs. So we're still really not bringing in sugar, we're just bringing in um more carbs that are complex. So that could be uh, starchy vegetables and grains, whole grains. Would that be um, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, While we're still in breakfast, I had a question. So what is your opinion on people skipping breakfast, either because they don't have time or because they are intermittent fasting and so on? If they're directly going to lunch, does this uh, everything that you say still apply and we just apply it for lunch? That's a
1: great question Vaish but I think that breakfast is any meal that you break the fast with so it could be what you technically call lunch could be somebody's breakfast it's just that the time varies I think Mm -hmm. the key point to differentiate is one you said that what if they don't have time now that's a very key difference are they missing it because their body is adapted to that and they feel uh, health benefits from doing that or are they Doing that because they are occupied, otherwise, and then they are actually messing up sugar, blood sugar management. They are snapping mm. at everybody around them. They are doing everything for everyone in the house, and then they are uh, in a bad mood all day long. So that's a key difference. But if they are adapted to intermittent fasting and they actually feel uh, wonderful doing it that way, then. Um, I think it can be at any time of the day. But the thing is that a lot of people with sleep issues, uh, this is not the time to begin intermittent fasting. If you are already adapted to it, uh, that's okay. But uh, you need to relook at your diet if you're having severe sleep challenges.
0: Right. And you had mentioned, I think it was in your Instagram live, and you've also talked about it in different places that, uh, you know, this is not, I think you're talking about ketogenic, but I think we could safely pull that also to intermittent fasting is that it's really not something to begin because everybody is doing it and people can get into pretty much, uh, you know, lots of adrenal issues if you're not ready for intermittent fasting and you're forcing, your are muscling your way through it. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Yes. So, and that can mess up, as we know, your uh, blood sugar, it can mess up your adrenals, it can mess up your sleep. So, okay. So if you're already adapted to intermittent fasting, you're saying that we can apply the same rules to the meal that you're breaking your fast with. So let's continue down this road before we start talking about nutrient density and other things about the sleep plate. So let's actually talk about the sleep plate itself. So the plate that you are Um, entering sleep with if you will so tell us about dinner if there's a if there's a time with respect to sleep that one should have dinner and then do you recommend a bedtime snack in addition to dinner and so on okay
1: Um, i think that it's very important to look at timings of both your dinner as well as when you go to bed if you're struggling with sleep issues And most times people who struggle are actually doing it to themselves because they are staying up very late until nighttime cortisol dips and then it again starts to spike. So then they can't fall asleep. So first of Mm -hmm. all, I think it's important to keep bedtime not later than 10 p.m. And um, to keep dinner, not later than 7 p.m. And f- personally, I eat by five or six and I find that works great. Uh, but I also go to bed much earlier. So I would say seven is realistic. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in terms of what should that magical sleep plate contain, I think that there is something which I put as a framework. So imagine a plate with um, broccoli, avocado and a piece of fish. Now, if you Mm -hmm. were to replace those things. So, for example, you replace the palm sized portion of fish with and another another source of animal protein, or something like this. Tonight I had uh, rajma, which is kidney bean, as a curry. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you replace the avocado with either ghee, coconut oil, sunflower seeds, uh, uh, soaked almonds, any good fat. Then you replace the broccoli with. Uh, different non-starchy vegetables, especially it would be great if there was some leafy green. As I said, always uh, having one salad with whatever greens you have in the house, just shred it up, add two, three different colored vegetables to it um, and then add some fat to it. That becomes a solid base to also make sure that you you feel full. Um, Mm. So that is a plate for sleep. And most times, if you look at people who struggle with sleep, they don't have it. And uh, invariably, they don't have a complex carb on it. So uh, Mm. you need to have something like a little bit of sweet potato, a little bit of black rice, brown rice. Uh, And um, it's absolutely fine to have a little bit of white rice, but Usually people who struggle with sleep issues can't handle even a little bit of the simple sugar at night. They end up waking up by midnight or 1 a.m. where Mm. they feel um, something like hunger where it might not really be hunger. It's just that blood sugar is dropped and cortisol has spiked and woken them up. Okay.
0: So you, um, so you were talking about broccoli, avocado, and fish, but also in addition to that, Aspeto, a starch, right? yes,
1: so four components, actually.
0: So you are actually, so when you say these four components, and you gave very specific examples of them, you're thinking you've kind of made a framework for a sleep plate, yes. which, um, which then people can, you know, just imagine a plate with You know, if you break it into quarters, you have a broccoli, you have a sweet potato, you have a piece of fish and you have an avocado. And then now you replace with whatever you want, uh, which is a good replacement for these foods. That's really good. So that's a very specific framework.
1: And I only say that it's important and it's absolutely fine if somebody is plant based. I just think that they need to ensure that all the components of the plate are there and they're all a little bit more fibrous than uh, having a a omnivore protein simply because there's sugars in plant-based proteins as well. So I think it's important that there's more fiber on that plate, for example, adding an extra portion of a shredded leafy greens.
0: Okay, right so this as we so we've kind of made our way from breakfast all the way to dinner and uh, we have spoken primarily from the point of view of um, of you know macronutrients of of managing your blood sugar of bringing in carbs at the right time and making sure you have enough protein specifically enough fiber so how about micronutrients nutrient densities you've spoken before about um, can you repeat again what are the primary nutrient deficiencies that can impact sleep
1: What you mean is the nutrients you require for optimal sleep, which are usually tryptophan, magnesium, zinc, and vitamin B6.
0: Uh, Do you think about these nutrients in terms of how you build your sleep plate?
1: Yes, absolutely. So you need tryptophan, which is where something like sweet potatoes, rice, and I know a lot of people say serotonin is there in bananas. but. Honestly, if somebody is having sleep issues, bananas, any time past uh, lunch can actually fluctuate blood sugar. It can be fine an hour before lunch. But mm. um, I think it's important to look at tryptophan sources from um, something which doesn't spike blood sugar. So rice, sweet potatoes, also chicken, Uh, sources like that and then of course the moment you add leafy greens into that sleep plate framework then it means that you've got your dose of magnesium for that night so if they're leafy greens they're rich in magnesium if you add a little bit of toasted cashews to that salad bowl then you're uh, increasing magnesium um and then zinc of course if you're plant based then looking at sources like sunflower seeds sesame seeds pumpkin seeds or if you um, uh, eat meat then oysters uh and then finally if you if you look at um, if you just look at varying the colors why right? so if you have Um, And one of the things is that you should never get stuck with the same vegetables and that's very important Mm. because that's the simplest way that you can do the whole roundabout of nutrients, especially micronutrients without really going too much into uh, looking at what does everything contain You simply look at don't buy the same things you bought last week. Uh, buy new things every week, do a roundabout of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. And that's the Mm -hmm. best way that you can bring in all the nutrients. And omega-3 is a very big deal for sleep. I have found that a lot of people who don't get adequate omega-3 struggle with sleep issues. And I myself go through phases where... If I've forgotten to consciously include sources of omega-3, then I'll find about a week or 10 days later, my sleep has started to get messed up.
0: So the conversation we've been having so far is about, is about an ideal diet for building a sleep plate, whether that being morning, afternoon, or evening. And it's hopefully relevant to a person who is becoming more and more aware of the kind of foods they eat and are able to make bring about positive changes now if we flip this entire story we might be talking about somebody that has restricted eating um, issues this could be a child who is a so-called picky eater or a self-restricted eater it could be an adult with eating disorders and in this case like do you have what what are your guidelines around this
1: um, I think, first of all, if there's picky eating, you have to look at zinc deficiency. And I always, there's so many people who have zinc deficiency. So that's mm-hmm. the first step. And I feel that if zinc is just supplemented, then instantly that picky eating improves. Uh, but if somebody what it depends on what do you mean by an eating uh, disorder so if it's something like binge eating through the day which fluctuates sugar and crashes it then my I would just say start to just simply find the better options for whatever you like so if you Mm -hmm. do enjoy a sweet tooth then just try to replace it with a Uh, better sugars which don't really uh, upset or play havoc with blood sugar balance Uh, see Mm -hmm. that there's complex carbohydrate at every single meal don't skip that because i think a lot of people who have carb cravings and challenges with eating Uh, need that complex carbohydrate at all their meals because without that then they feel that something starts to shift within them and they then start to seek out bigger sugars. So
0: so everything you know comes back as you were saying to if you bring comes back to the basics of blood sugar balance right so and um, and micronutrient making sure that people are sufficient and after that perhaps they can see a practitioner to see what else they need but making sure they're getting their zinc, they're getting um, their fat fiber and protein in every meal. And you also bring about colors in every meal. And so one is that...
1: should add yeah. to that, Vaish, is that people who struggle with sleep issues and blood sugar balance usually also don't eat enough at dinner because they've got into this belief that dinner should be low-carb. Um, which is actually the opposite of what you require. If you have poor sleep, you need the carbohydrates at night. And they're also eating foods which get digested very fast, such as watery broths with vegetables. Uh, You'd need to eat substantial fiber. Now, of course, if you were to say that replace steamed veggies with raw salad, again, those who have adrenal issues and when it's winter and cold somewhere, then they don't really like the raw, cold food. So how do you do that? Then maybe you do it where the vegetables are not overcooked. Uh, But you have to ensure that digestion doesn't happen very fast. So you need to have foods which... Um, stay in your system longer digest slowly but at the same time i don't mean that they are heavy greasy foods that put a strain on digestion to get what You're i'm saying the difference
0: like, uh, high in fiber and um, uh, uh, basically complex carbs and enough protein yes mm. yes so yes so if uh, so, as we wrap up, Tipa, could you give us um, three of the most important things? So for somebody who's really struggling to fall asleep and who's trying to make these modifications through food, if we could either summarize or give three different ideas, what would be the three action items you would leave them with?
1: Uh, uh, in terms of the sleep plate, correct. Um, I think one is my favorite, which is sweet potato wedges, stir fried vegetables, like uh, three different colored peppers, mushrooms, zucchini, uh, baby corn, if someone can tolerate. Um, And um, um, of course, your protein. So fish is great if you eat meat, but if you don't eat meat, then looking at something like just adding Uh, chickpeas into the salad or making chickpeas as uh, uh, you can make chickpea patties so you can just smash cooked chickpeas with a little sweet potato and add some spices and make little patties Uh, serve them with some leafy green chutney a condiment so you can use mint leaves coriander all great for liver detoxification so something like chickpea patties with a uh, mint and coriander chutney uh, and some vegetables so that's another great option and of course if you like the indian uh, indian meal then if it were to be north indian uh, roti which is gluten free jowar bajra quinoa buckwheat and then uh, plant based protein like red bean or chana chickpea or just good old lentil dal, um, and an Indian curry, ladies' finger, bindi, uh, not aloo, not potatoes at night. Or if you, it was South Indian, then making sure that, for example, why if we do mini idlis, so idlis, of course, are the fermented batter when you make these little steamed um, Idlis and then you have them with uh, vegetables so if you were to have an Indian gourd vegetable water-based vegetable or uh, a fibrous vegetable uh, in any form that you like and then you just add a protein like a black chickpea um, a tossed black chickpea what is called shundal in South India then that's a great option but it You do need to have uh, ample fiber and protein, especially if you have simple sugars for your carbohydrate.
0: Got it. Okay. Thank you for these wonderful tips. And before leaving, I want to stop or um, have you answer your famous line. So if sleep is the new medicine, then what?
1: Um, I think in today's episode, I should say if sleep is the new medicine, then put all the love, care and creativity into creating that superb sleep plate.
0: Very well said. Thank you so much, Deepa. It was wonderful talking to you about the sleep plate. Thank and you, you have for a great, me, Vaish. Um, of, of course, you have a great set of recommendations. There's so many things to follow. And I look forward to actually eating a sleep plate myself.
1: Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle. That may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions.